Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of chatting with some of your best friends. We're just starting this one off a little more serious, just because this particular uh, episode is kind of influenced by something that happened very recently at uh, the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, If anybody had heard the news, one of the cast members at the Polynesian Resort passed away, Auntie Cowie, who had been there since opening day. What a what a better way to kind of remember her and and taking this week's episode to talk about uh, our our first resort uh, that we're going to chat about on the podcast. So we're going to talk about Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. I'm Ashby. I'm Cheryl. I'm Molly. Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. Um, So who here has any specific memories about time they've spent at the Polynesian Village Village Resort? It's hard for me to say. This is one of those, um, it started as the Polynesian Village Resort. Then it was changed to the Polynesian Resort for most of kind of my like formative Walt Disney World years. And then it switched back to Polynesian Village a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me. I'm still I'm still calling it the Polynesian or the Poly, right? Ooh, right. So poly. The poly. Forgive me yeah. if I slip yeah. up. But do you guys have any kind of specific memories or? Yes, I actually. So it's funny. I have, I don't. I'm just thinking back, and I. It's weird how you can't sometimes remember where you've stayed on property. Yeah. But I don't believe I've ever stayed at the Polynesian. But I've definitely been there many times. Like. I've eaten there multiple times because they have a couple great restaurants, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Been there for the dinner show, been there for the beach, you know, just to hang out, watching fireworks. So it's like it was always a great destination and like fun place to just just explore, but never stayed there, which is kind of funny. I, growing up, my mom thought that the Contemporary was the coolest resort she'd ever seen. Like, she, I think she just loved watching the monorails come through the building. Like, it was always mm. her goal to get on that third floor or fourth, whatever floor it was above the monorail so you could see them right there. So we were, that's pretty much the only place that we stayed until we became vacation club members. But because of that, it was so cool to be able to take the monorail to the Polynesian. And so, I mean, this was old school Disney days back before there were rules and it was the wild wild west not gonna lie we used to just go to the Polynesian pool as like our fun water park day not realizing like how bogus that is but that (laughs) so we would make a day of the Polynesian and it was almost as much fun as the theme park because we would go over we would swim in the pool we would get um we would eat there we would have the food and it was it was kind of like going to Hawaii as a kid but for like half <laughs> that the makes cost. Sense. But I don't recommend doing that because they have, um, you know, those pools are just for the resort guests who pay lots and lots of money. So, you know, respect it. Get a room if you're doing that. But if you can time travel back to the early 90s, <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I don't th- I mean, it, it was it was what it was. It wasn't against the rules at the time. I don't think it's bogus Thank at all. You. I think it was very smart of your parents to do that. Oh, yeah, it was that sure. one um, in the beach club pool, you guys. That pirate mm. ship. I think my family is the reason they started wristbanding there. Yeah. <laughs> is is the beach club pool the one with the sand the sand yes. in the pool? Yeah. Like the sand bottom? And the nice. pirate ship. There used to be like a whirlpool area. There were like bubblers in the bottom. Like I think all of those things are gone because it was just too cool for words. But 
It was like a water it, park, essentially. We would drive over just to go to the beach club pool and then go back home. Like, that was it. <laughs> Luckily, we were, like, vacation club members at the time, so I don't feel so bad about that one, but sure. You're right, you're right. Listen, you were spending money at right. Disney. You weren't, like, affecting no. their... They were still, like, the equivalent of $5 sodas. Um, great, just, like, outdoor hanging space. Um, part mm-hmm. of... Part of the design of the resort was truly to be like um, very, uh, what word am I kind of looking for? You were really meant to believe you were in Hawaii um, or somewhere very far away from central Florida. (laughs) Um, Very lush and um, just tropical and wonderful. So it worked. it, it, It like has that feeling, especially like. I remember like some nighttime memories of walking around the resort. The the palm trees are all lit up. There's a nice like night breeze blowing. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It just has like a, a weird like, oh, the, I feel like I'm in a whole different place mm-hmm. than Orlando, Florida. I really like that. I mean, I can only or I'd like to compare it to the other two deluxe resorts around the same lagoon. So the Contemporary and the Grand and both of those hotels have major strengths and good things about them but there's something about the polynesian that is just so relaxing yeah. mm-hmm. which makes it i think superior to the other two i like to make a point of i mean i'll be honest i don't I'm not cashing out um the money to to stay at the polynesian <laughs> these days but um I do make a point to get over there, whether it's just like a monorail ride over or just like making sure you have one meal there or something. Um, yeah. Or maybe even just a drink. Right? <laughs> has a couple places you can grab a cocktail and just um, enjoying sitting down on the beach or sitting near the pool or something and just kind of enjoying the vibes because it's good. So, and sometimes you need that kind of low key moment on a Disney vacation. So highly recommended. Um, I stayed there once or twice one while I was living down there, usually when friends or family would come in town <laughs> and they were looking for something a little bit more h- higher class or a nicer hotel experience, they were maybe less interested in the theme parks and more interested in like a vacation. So it was a perfect spot for that. I've also been to dinner there a lot at Ohana or Kona. We'll go over that a little bit later. Um, or it's it was it's the only place outside of the Disney parks where you can grab a Dole Whip. So sometimes you just go to the Polynesian to grab a Dole Whip when you don't want to go into the theme park. So yeah. Did you guys ever go there to watch fireworks? I know that's very popular. Yes. Yep. I've been there. I think I've I've seen the July. I'm going to call them the July third fireworks. Right. The practice <laughs> um, round. The ones before. Yeah. I saw those there. I've seen. Uh, I've definitely watched the holiday. I think I think maybe the Halloween, maybe even Christmas at some point. I was gonna say any of the of the fireworks that do that 360 around Main Street fireworks are so impressive from across the lagoon. Right. And especially because they set off a set usually from like the transportation and ticket center too. I think, or at least they used to. Oh. I remember that was part of the 360 mm. was. Somewhere in the parking lot, you just had this one single stream. All right, so what are we talking about? So we're talking about the Polynesian Village Resort. Um, It is considered, it was categorized in the Disney Resort tiering system as a deluxe, which is the highest level. Um, Depending on the season and availability, sometimes it does max out as the highest cost 
per room per night Disney hotel, but not typically. I'd say typically Grand Floridian kind of takes that place. Um, but not always. Mm. Polynesian can be a bit pretty pricey. I don't think any rooms on a typical um, or an average night there are below $400 a night last time I checked. So, so wow. crazy. It's a little pricey. Um, you know, but Disney does package deals all the time. You know, if you can um, get d- other discounts sometimes on tickets or dining even, sometimes you can justify the cost of, of the room per night because you're getting other sort of like rolled in package paid stuff. So, you know, sure. it can it can work for you. Well, and for a resort, like, you know, you, if you're staying at one of the, the other levels of resorts, it's because you need a room and you're okay with, like, going without, like, the fun or the amenities. Whereas, like, Polynesian is on a monorail line. It's right there. You've got boats. You've got restaurants. Mm-hmm. You even have, like, the entertainment yeah. aspect of just being in a resort that has stuff going on. Exactly. It's for you. It's for a specific. You're, you're paying either for the convenience or for the atmosphere and environment. And if those are two very important things in your list, there's val- there's huge value there. Good point, Cheryl. Um, this was a original opening day resort. One of two. Uh, the other was the Contemporary, which is a neighbor to the Polynesian. So opening day of this uh, hotel was October 1st, 1971, which was also the opening day of the Walt Disney World Resort. Magic Kingdom. Uh, the hotel itself co- covers 39 acres, and that blows my mind because that's giant, right? That's crazy to think about. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think this is this includes you know parking lots and any sort of um, offstage cast member areas as well. I mean, I imagine that's not a ton of space, but it is a very sprawling, spread out hotel. But 39 acres just sounds so giant to me. Yeah, it's funny, like, walking th- walking around there, it does actually feel pretty big. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, right. I, but I think, like, sometimes what happens is when you think of Polynesian, you think of the main building, and you forget that there's all these other buildings yeah. surrounding that, may- that aren't quite buildings. as big, that don't s- stick out, you know. Right. Including, like, two and massive then, yeah. pools and the Spirit of Aloha and then, like, a beach mm-hmm. and everything. Yep, right, exactly. Right. The beach takes up a ton of space. Um it has 483 rooms. That includes standard hotel rooms, DVC or Disney Vacation Club villas that range from studios to two-bedroom villas. They also have a concierge level. Um, several other suites. Disney resorts don't often have suites that are not con- what they would call villas. Um, but the Polynesian does because it was kind of this older style of hotel. And so, like, you know, if you went to your local Four Seasons or something in a big city, they would have a, a level of suites like, you know, your presidential suite, things like that. Um, Polynesian has those as well. They have three larger suites um, and I think one or two honeymoon suites, which have like jacuzzi tubs in the room which is just hysterical and i desperately want to talk to someone who stayed in one of those because i just have to know how weird that was just seems out of place um but that those sort of things are left over from being an original hotel before disney kind of understood how they wanted to operate hotels i think they figured it out pretty quickly but back then things were designed just a little bit different um oh and probably the most well-known room type at the Polynesian these days are the over-the-water bungalows. Oh my gosh, those things are nuts. They're awesome. Yeah, 
they're and they're exactly what they they um cheryl you would know been being in dvc when those were built in 2014 or 2015 um yeah i believe so so i mentioned earlier like as a kid i never really stayed at the polynesian but since being a bougie dvc member that's kind of the one if i have like points to spare i'm like oh well clearly we're going to the polynesian so the year that it came out we were like okay we're saving all our points and we're doing a bungalow this year and so oh so yeah and it's really cool because it is over the water you have like a front row view for the fireworks um and not to forget the water pageant which is it's right there like up in you can't get a front or like a better seat to it but the coolest thing about it is that they have you know a window but they also have like a pool on your back patio so you can kind of go swimming it's not like a big pool like it's the size of like a jacuzzi but it's not like (laughs) warm water it's just like cold water which is kind of cool for florida it would probably stink in the winter but oh i was just as soon as you're saying i was like well that's stupid it should just be a hot tub but yeah nine months of the year you want to just be more refreshed by a pool not to like brag on myself even farther but like they have (laughs) i mean get into it they have cabins over at a wilderness lodge now which we'll cover in a future episode those are cool i mean they took what they they definitely took the bungalows and what they learned from the bungalows and increased it but the one argument i do have is those are hot tubs and there's no way to make them cool and so like in the middle Ooh. of the summer you're like well i can't get in this <laughs> this oh, is not interesting a- so that they like thought they had learned a lesson but you would actually say like no yeah because the cool pools are better. yeah that would have been my argument it was like well i want this to be heated but now that i've been in a heated one i'm like nah i'll take your cold one i can't be us dvc <laughs> members cannot be pleased <laughs> No, 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 that's they never that's happen. accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> but, but you know, the thing about the bungalows is it is very self aware. It's very brown. Um, so that would be my only comment about it. But I mean, it's well worth it. I also wouldn't want it to be like bright colors. So I don't know what I'm trying to argue there. Mm-hmm. And no, I've heard the same. I've heard the same thing, though. Yeah. yeah. That it's everything's dark. It's just they're kind of dark. They're darker, and it's only two bedrooms. Okay. So when you have like a big family, like it, you would need multiple ones to not have people just sleeping on the couches everywhere. So it's like quite a bit of it's privacy and there's space and it's all those good things, but actually doesn't sleep maybe as many people in bedrooms yeah. than than someone would it want. Has two bedrooms and then a pullout and then yeah a pullout and then a little chair pullout. Well, and if I, if I were staying at an over-the-water bungalow, I, I would not be going to a park, I don't think. I would want to spend, like, my time right. in the bungalow, in the pool, like, watching fireworks from the porch. Um, yeah, probably swimming all day at the Polynesian. Yeah. Drinking and eating and just, like, it would definitely be a resort-focused experience other than, like, I wouldn't be like rope dropping Epcot every day because what? You're in a bungalow. You know? It's one of those days where you stop at a Target or a Publix, you get your Bud Light Limes, you stock that one fridge with that, and then you yep. just never leave. Bud Light Limes. And you can order in <laughs> Ohana food. It's not as cool because like no one's taking it off the stick for you, but like it feels cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, whatever. Yeah. I get kind of uncomfortable when someone like starts carving meat out of my plate. <laughs> so. <laughs> then it would be Molly approved for sure. I'm so excited about this. When are we doing this? <laughs> um, so something interesting about just your standard Polynesian resort um, room is that they're pretty big. Disney, when they were building their deluxe resort, said, let's make these as like spacious as 
economically possible, right? Like we want to have as many rooms as possible um, and to be able to charge a certain amount of money, but let's make them pretty spacious. So they come in at 404 square feet, which is pretty big, especially on Disney property. And all standard rooms um, sleep five. And they do that by doing something Cheryl mentioned. There's two queen size beds and then a, a kind of a decent little pull down bed situation. It's pretty nice. I, I d- distinctly remember that staying at the Polynesian. At that point, I had stayed at mostly Values um, and then Caribbean Beach, obviously. And coming into a deluxe room, especially the Polynesian, it just like hits you really hard how hmm. spacious and kind of nicely appointed they all are. Yeah, I. it's funny. I kind of I have like a love hate for Disney rooms only because like, I don't know, I, for a while I was like, oh, Disney room is like it's like a. Uh, you know, uh, dolled up hotel room, you know, in some, in some cases. And it was like, I I don't know why I expected something different (laughs) from Disney, you know, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but then as I stayed in more and then as they built more and they've adjusted and they've, they, they, you know, I think of, um, what's the, what's the resort, uh, the animation, art of animation, Mm -hmm. um, like the, that type of stuff. Now they've really gone crazy with the rooms and like, it makes it a little bit more different, which is great for me. But I, I had a problem when I would go to a Disney room and it was just like, oh, this is just like any other hotel or motel mm-hmm. room with maybe just a little bit of a different design or a theme to it. Yeah, Disney hotels, um, I mean, there are uh, a dozen benefits of staying at a Disney resort. Convenience yeah. definitely being kind of one mm-hmm. of them and this like bubble, this bubble <laughs> staying kind of within this little magical um, resort. However, as far as like, are these the best hotels in the world? That argument can really be put out there. Like, no, right. no, <laughs> there are a lot of hotels that are a lot nicer or maybe um, of better kind of even physical quality, you know, out there. I would even say Universal Studios Florida in the past couple of years have been really ramping up their hotel game and it's impressive. I mean, those are some cool, hmm. nicely designed hotel rooms they're putting out these days. So Disney's got quite a bit of competition. Yeah, it's probably hard. I mean, I to give them credit, I mean, they have, you know, 25 resorts, a mix of old and new, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine trying to keep up with, you know, you've got the older resorts that it's like, oh, we got to keep these up. But then also like the new resorts. Now we got to build these. And it's like, I can't, the balance that they have to go through of mm-hmm. trying to maintain all that. And yeah, I think sometimes when you go, you might get a room that maybe hasn't seen some love in a long time. Yeah. It might seem kind of outdated. Yeah. So that's, that's the tough part of when you become like a big place like that. It's hard to maintain and... I get it. You know, I've, I've been in some great rooms and then I've been in some that are like, eh, maybe I should have stayed off property, you know, but you have to weigh out what's what's the benefit that you're looking for. If convenience is it, then no matter where you stay on Disney property, it's going to be good for you. Well, and I think hotels right now in Disney hotels right now are going through a bit of um, a transition anyway there's this there's this idea that if a room is too heavily themed it dates itself very quickly and i think it's true the polynesian has gone through room design overhauls like probably 16 times since it's been open which you know get a refresh on a room is one thing but an entirely design overhaul 
that's an entirely different thing, right? So if you look back at at photos from even from 2003 of Polynesian, the rooms look totally dated. There's just things in them that are like, oh, that looks terrible. If you look at pictures from 1990, it looks like literally the Golden Girls living room. I'm in. Well, I'm correct. In. I mean, part of me <laughs> wishes we could maintain that. Um, but just interesting how a decor can be dated so quickly in all of the resorts. Right. So I think the the position now is to maybe pull out a lot of that theming that we would all call it to something a little bit more minimalistic or sleek and clean. Um, and the backlash to that has said, like, well, this no longer feels like a Disney resort. Maybe it's... Um, will uphold better 10 years from now but like give me a picture of mickey or not even mickey like put some put a tropical pillow out on this bed you know things like (laughs) that um to fit the theme so i think they're in kind of a weird spot right now trying to trying to find a balance between like theme and functionality i think though that the point of the disney hotels though is that they give you so much of a variety so like most of us, I think the problem is, is that we go strictly on price point and then like location from there. So it's like, okay, am I going to go to a deluxe? Well, only if it's like, I'm not going to go all the way to Animal Kingdom if my main one is going to be Magic Kingdom. If you're not within that, um, I don't want to spend money mindset like I normally am. I think they've started opening up more and more like luxurious hotels. Like there's the Bay Lake Tower that's very you know, more upscale than the original Contemporary was. The new Riviera Hotel I've not been to, but from everything I see is definitely, it almost feels like it's on the same level as a Grand Floridian. Um, So those are there for you too. And then I think that you're right about the whole like trying to be more minimal to not date itself because I remember like old Key West was like bright colors, all of these like tropical prints and it looked like Florida does everywhere where it just looks <laughs> very sun, yeah. well, sun damaged like, and dated. It looks like grandma grandma's condo in Florida. Looks, like that's what it looks like. It looks like. like all of our grandparents' bathrooms because in Florida everybody has a Florida bathroom of like the beach or something. Yeah, so <laughs> they modernized it and it, it is more plain now, which I guess could be unfortunate. But then I think on the upswing, if you're looking for that, they have that room. They have the pirate room for you. They have the art of animation, like yeah, Simba room. So it's like, okay, well, if you want Mickey, mm-hmm. like, right up in your business sleeping with you, like, we'll give that to you, too. Well, speaking of, you know, the perks of staying on Disney property, let's talk about the perks that staying at the Polynesian Village. The obvious one. There are a lot. But the obvious one is that it is right across the Seven Seas Lagoon from the Magic Kingdom, um, from several points on the beach and from a number of hotel rooms, obviously the bungalows, but also just like the waterfront park view rooms, um, you can see the castle. You can see Cinderella Castle. So you are, can see the fireworks and then they even pump in the nighttime um, fireworks music onto the beach. So you can enjoy the full fireworks without even going into the parks or messing with any other crowds on Main Street. You could just sit on the beach on a towel and enjoy them. So that's a huge perk. The other big one there would be that it is on the monorail loop that links together all the Magic Kingdom hotels. Um, And then a quick transfer will get you over to Epcot as well. So when people talk about being on the monorail loop, that's a huge plus. Cheryl, you taught me a fun little outing to do on the monorail. Do you remember? Oh, the drinking around the hotels or whatever. Oh, the monorail. Drink. bar crawl pub crawl <laughs> the monor yeah the monorail bar crawl it's very fun yeah 
and they and what are your recommendations there where where do you start where do you end oh goodness i guess it depends normally it dep- if you're going to a park that would start it so oftentimes it'll be epcot and then you kind of just take the monorail from there or you accompany it with dinner because we are classy folk and so you'll pick a resort restaurant and go to that one because then you get your parking and then you go from there but the bars they are upping their game because like even the grand floridian just opened up a new beauty and the beast theme bar um the polynesian opened up trader sam's a couple years back but that one's always perfect you really can't go wrong wait how how do you did you just say sometimes you'll start at epcot how do you do that because i feel like i mean i know there's groups that do like drinking around the world at epcot and usually it goes from like mexico till japan and then at that point oh no you don't start out. your drinking at epcot you might have just been like there for the day and then it's like oh night oh oh got it i was like good no. lord like, people can't even make it I around just epcot think about where am i gonna park my car for a bit that makes sense i've been with a few people i'm trying to remember we did a around the we did like the uh, the the monorail like magic kingdom monorail drinking thing I don't. I never, I never participate because I don't like to drink. But it's always fun to watch everybody else. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to get sloppy drunk. This isn't like an actual downtown bar crawl. But like you go, <laughs> like check. It is Disney. Exactly. I mean, and honestly, like the timing could be anything. If it, if you're there around like four o'clock when Trader Sam's opens, go there because the crowd later on is not going to get any better. Or end the night there because then you're just hanging out waiting for a table to open. But I would highly recommend stopping at the New Beauty and the Beast Bar at the Grand Floridian. And then honestly, the Wave Bar at the Contemporary is pretty good too. I feel like I've been into the restaurant, but I don't know that I've been. Oh, no, I have been to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a nice little. So do you guys want to hear a little history about the Polynesian Village Resort here? Let's learn. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, This is. So as I was looking this up, this was a story I had, it reminded me of a story I had recently read. And until then, the history of how these hotels all came together was, it was so surprising to me. So I hope you guys enjoy this. So when Walt Disney World Resort was coming together, there were going to be four original hotels that were going to open with the park and then soon or soon or very soon after within like the first three years of the park opening. The first two were going to be Tempo Bay and then the Polynesian. Now, Tempo Bay turned into the contemporary during development, and mm. it it looks very similar to the concept art of Tempo Bay. It was this kind of A-type a frame building with a monorail running right through it. Very modern, very sleek, very almost um, kind of sci-fi, futuristic looking, and executed pretty well. The contemporary now looks, you know, it matches um, Tomorrowland in that way, where it's this like fabled tomorrow-y future look, but it look, still looks cool, you know? It doesn't look mm-hmm. stupid or old and stupid. It looks old and cool. So the Polynesian, um, also similar to its original kind of vision was going to be very lush, very tropical, very relaxing escape for people to kind of immerse themselves in this Polynesian culture. So like big checkpoint there, I think Polynesian, even the way we were just describing it a couple minutes ago, I think it does it pretty well. So the other two hotels that were also planned for the Seven Seas Lagoon, (laughs) they didn't have names the way the Polynesian Village and Tempo or Contemporary did. They are only listed now as the Asian Hotel and the Persian Hotel. Did you guys hmm. know about these two? No. No. I've never heard of those. So 
the Polynesian, uh, the theme of it is is Polynesia, right? Which is actually just a ton of different islands that all have very unique cultures and language and traditions. So it was, it blows my mind that they were trying to even, that they even attempted to pull off kind of mashing those cultures all together and like being representative of all of them. And it's not perfect, but I think they do a pretty good job of trying to do that. Mm -hmm. So to hear that they wanted to do the Asian hotel, my mind now is just like, what (laughs) What are you going to do? That seems like a lot to squish in. More than half of the globe and most of the population of that globe. Like, how are you supposed to represent that? Maybe (laughs) that was a development problem they ran into quickly. But the concept art is undeniably cool looking. Like, no doubt about it. It was going to be visually stunning. And the plans um, for the Asian Hotel are actually exactly where the Grand Floridian stands today. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So despite looking like it has been there for 150 years, the uh, Grand Floridian was not even close to being um, an original concept for Hmm. Walt Disney World. Yeah. And then the Persian Hotel was going to be situated near the Polynesian um, and and be just that, kind of this land of Persia, which is modern day um, Iran. So very interesting to see kind of what that would have been as well. Again, the concept art for both of these are very, very cool. Um, but unrealized for probably a number of different reasons. The one other kind of fun fact about this area that we're talking about, this like Magic Kingdom Resort area, was actually the original second park that was going to be built at Walt Disney World was going to be the theme park that was the World Showcase. Oh! Hmm. Which is the World Showcase that we know today, or something pretty similar to the World Showcase that is kind of the second part of Epcot, which is just a a permanent World's Fair, a walk around of pavilions from different countries. And that was kind of the original concept of this World Showcase park that was going to be built where kind of the ticket and transportation and the Magic Kingdom parking lot is right now. Wow. Never happened. And instead, and these were back in the days when when Walt was originally talking about Epcot, it was going to be an actual living, breathing city. And instead, Mm -hmm. Epcot became something very different, but they pulled in those plants from the World Showcase. So this whole Magic Kingdom resort area had very different plans, (laughs) Um, if you were talking about this kind of through the 1960s. So pretty interesting to see kind of what it is today. It's funny because I feel like I've heard, and I don't know, maybe people outside of Disney, I've I've always heard the story of Epcot, like, oh, it was supposed to be a city and an actual, you know, live place where people live and whatever. But you never hear the story of like, where did World Showcase come from? Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Exactly. Like Epcot is such a perfect theme park in so many ways. But if you take a couple steps back, you're like, wait, what is this place? Like, it's so random. Um, I don't think it would ever get built today. But yeah, where did the World Showcase come from? So bizarre. So it came from this permanent World's Fair uh, theme park that was originally going to be much closer to Magic Kingdom. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, let's see. So construction of this park was happening simultaneously to the Magic Kingdom um, and the Contemporary. And the construction company, um, or the kind of engineering contracts at the time, was a company called U.S. Steel. 
and they were known for a groundbreaking new construction um, technique uh, where they would build a foundational structure and then create the, in this case, rooms for the hotel off-site and then be shipped in and put in place. Seems oh. crazy. It is kind of crazy. And it it wasn't a, a concept that never really took off. Certain certain things are, are always kind of created off-site in construction situations. But if there are these kind of module buildings, it's not exactly how things are done. But so I, I, have you guys ever heard the story that the the uh, contemporary rooms yes. were put in room by room, like slid well, yeah. into place? That's what I was about to say was like, oh, wait, that's what they did at the contemporary. Yeah. So that is true. That's exactly what they did. They built the big contemporary tower and then slid the rooms into place and then built, um, you know, plumbing um, and obviously like the internal hallways and everything kind of got connected. Now, the urban legend there is that every t- that allegedly if the contemporary wanted to refurbish the rooms, they could slide the rooms out. But that's not true. <laughs> like everything was then built around these modules, like all connected and everything. Um, was it do, do you know, uh, I remember hearing about the, the sliding rooms, but I thought it was the the wings. I don't remember yes. what they're called, but like the I thought it was those rooms that could actually be pulled at least when you look at them, you're like, oh, I could, that's feasible versus like <laughs> the actual con- main contemporary building. We were like, how in the hell would they pull a room out of there? So the wings were constructed the same way the Polynesian was. So again, it was, it was the same company, but instead of sliding the rooms in, they actually just stacked these modules on top of mm. each other. Hmm. Interesting. Now, the contemporary, the outside, of like, uh, the, like the garden rooms are a lot more um, kind of sleek and simplistic. So you can see the modules a lot more easily, whereas the Polynesian are a lot more themed and built with right. bamboo and different um, decorative pieces and, and roofs and, and porches and all that. So it's a little less obvious. Um, but no, they're not they're not able to be kind of slid slid in and out because everything is interconnected hmm. inside. Makes sense. Yeah mentioned this earlier but there are dozens of polynesian influences on the architecture decor theming environment culture everything going into the polynesian village but the two big ones that are probably that you can see the most are a hawaiian influence and a tahitian influence yeah very cool very cool um through the i think they started with eight one main the great ceremonial house and then eight buildings and then over the years they've built out at least three more buildings plus the bungalows so it is it's Hmm. it's a big resort and pretty sprawling but again really relaxing (laughs) and it you know i personally never minded if i had a 10 minute walk to the main lobby or anything like that because it's just it's pleasant it's really pretty right and for being so big it honestly doesn't like it is but it isn't like i remember walking it and i don't even think it is 10 minutes to any of the buildings to the main house like it's all pretty centrally located for being so big can i just say one i just want to air a little grievance about most of the disney resorts except for caribbean beach where my heart and soul (laughs) lives and it's actually one of my favorite things about caribbean beach was there um not on accident but it was kind of like a something that they didn't totally intend to be as successful as as it is i think and that's because a couple years ago caribbean beach went through a big 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 overhaul it was one of the most dated resorts in the entire kind of like fleet of disney resorts and they went through this big overhaul and 
from, from their main lobby and all their dining and everything. So in the meantime, they had to provide guests um, alternative places to eat and drink. And something they did is they installed Coke freestyle machines in like every third building in Caribbean oh, Beach. Wow. And so there's always one like five minutes away from you. And if you had a ref- one of those refillable resort mugs, you can go get your morning Coca-Cola lime, you know, very easily. You didn't have to like haul it all the way to the front you know, <laughs> right. the front gate and Caribbean beach is also very sprawling. Um, or you, then you didn't have to like carry your cup with you the whole day, the whole thing. So it was just very pleasant after the refurbishment was over. They got such great guest reviews about it that they kept all the machines. So That's so smart as of recording <laughs> right now, um, those Coke freestyle machines still ex- exist. And again, like every third or fourth little, little house, you know, in the Caribbean beach resort. And it's awesome. And I am addicted to Coke freestyle <laughs> machines on my <laughs> Disney vacations. That's one of my favorite. I don't like, I mean, I love to, but I try not to drink soda outside of my Disney vacations. So when I go, I just go so hard. I have like three Cokes before I even go to the parks because I just love it so much. But that would be a critique of, say, something like the Grand Floridian. Like, are you kidding me? I have to walk this far to get a soda? Not worth that is it. That's true. Just drives right, me crazy. Right, drives that's me a great. That's a great thing that they should um, spread to other resorts. Yes. I mean, and I would be willing to pay more for my refillable mug if the if filling it up was much more convenient. Right, right. I would pay double. And, and sales, sales would go up, right? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that don't get them because they're like, oh, I have to walk all the way back here? Forget yeah. it. I don't know. Or or not. And maybe that's why they don't care. A lot of people <laughs> just get them anyway. And they're like, oh, I guess I only refilled that once. Like, not worth <laughs> right. it. Yeah. But, sorry, I just got a little carried away there. Anytime I think about Coke freestyle machines, I get riled up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Someone's got to take the wheel while I come so down. So another positive I find about the Polynesian is, you know, Walt Disney World only has two spa resorts. Your Grand Floridian Resort and Spa and your Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa. But the Polynesian is only a short, like, five to ten minute walk to the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. And there's directional signage because they want you to go there. So if you're thinking, oh, I need a place for a fun girls trip, maybe a bachelorette party. Maybe you're doing one of the run Disney events and you want to have a place to go to a pedicure after. The Polynesian can also be one of those resorts for you. Wow. Mm -hmm. Should we talk about the food? Uh, Oh my gosh. Let's go. Let's go food. Let's go food. What's your favorite place to eat at the Polynesian? I think I might be partial to the oh I have the name here the place where you Captain just get the Cooks. Dole Whips because oh no yeah so the no it's um it used to be Captain Cooks you used to be able to like it was like a just a soft serve machine <laughs> Dole Whip um but then they it's called Pineapple yes. Lanai and it's just like an outdoor patio it's really nice oh it's yeah kind of near the pool and they kind of get kind of wild with their Dole Whip sometimes. They Anytime there's like an experimental Dole Whip, I think it, the pineapple and I gets it first. And I think that's I cool. I like that. Yeah. Ashby? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Ohana Ooh. all the way. Uh, bring over the sticks of meat. I'm ready. <laughs> Load up the plate. Agree. But also like, you know, give yourself some room or you'll get the meat sweats. Oh. Their breakfast is to die oh, for. Yes. And they, 
Oh my god, it's so good. And it's the same kind of just like family style. They bring everything out for you. They, there's like a pineapple bread that they serve. Ugh, oh, guys. I was so going to say, so Ohana is what probably would be considered the main most accessible sit-down restaurant at the Deluxe. All the Disney Deluxe resorts have a mixture of um, table service and quick service dining options, which sometimes sets it apart. I would say not most accessible. Definitely the most popular. Yeah. Well, I guess I I mean as compared to uh, the dinner theater show. Not totally accessible. (laughs) Yes. Um, It goes dinner theater show, Ohana, and then Kona Cafe. But Ohana is definitely the most popular. And it's a sit-down restaurant served family style, meaning they just start putting stuff on your table and you share it with everyone at your table, which is probably your family, I assume, or friends. Um, But at breakfast, it's actually also character dining. So it's... um, theme to Lilo and Stitch. So Lilo, Stitch, mm-hmm. and then I think like Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, maybe? I think Chip and Dale Chip for and Dale. sure. God, I love Chip and Dale. They're the only fur characters yeah. I like truly enjoy. <laughs> They're just fun. Well, because they play off each other, so I don't have to like do anything. True. I'm just like, cool, guys. <laughs> you guys are doing it. Um, and then for they're open for lunch, I assume. And then dinner is also special too, not just because it, of the delicious um, meats that get passed around. That sounds crazy. <laughs> um, but mo- a lot of people also go there because Ohana provides a really excellent fireworks viewing if you catch Happily Ever After. Um, and again, they pipe in the music for that as well. So that can be a very special experience yes. at Ohana. Good one. Good one, Ashby. That's a good one. And, and yeah, just as a reminder for anybody listening, it is only breakfast and dinner. So there is oh, no lunch God, period. Sorry. sorry. Um, no, no, no. Just they got to get ready for all the meat. Because I have made that mistake. I made that mistake going over there one time. I thought, oh, it's middle of the day. Maybe I'll just go grab some lunch. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's not open for lunch. So I went to Kona Cafe instead. Ugh. So speaking of Kona Cafe, that one is my absolute favorite. But for breakfast, because... Anytime they put spam on a plate, I'm all for it. But don't let that deter you because most people don't <laughs> like spam. That was just like, they have like what a few like really authentic, well, and kind of authentic Hawaiian dishes. But then they have like really, really great like Eggs Benedict and like, oh, they I think they have like banana nut pancakes or, or no macadamia nut pancakes. Mm. Oh, just the best. So if you're looking for a great breakfast and you don't, like characters going <laughs> well, to cafe is for you. yeah it's much more low-key how many times a year do you think you eat at kona cafe at least twice yeah um what other food options do we have i mean quite a quite well there's a captain few. cooks downstairs captain cooks. that's your typical quick service um type it's like your it, is that that's like the one where you go and you get your food and then you pay for it all together like, uh, is, that, is that how they do it there? Like, you go, like, if your whole family's there, everybody gets their little things and then they go, or is it? You usually get a pager and then they'll bring it out to you. But okay. There's also some grab and go items. I forget which resorts have the, because, you know, a couple of them have now converted over to the, like, you just grab everything from your from the stations yes. and then pay like versus. Like the Riverside. Like, right, 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 right. So, or the, the French Quarter side. So it's, it's a lot smaller than that. And I was actually going to ask that. Like, yeah, like all of the value resorts are set up the way Ashby's saying, where there's like, there's a grill and then there's a salad bar and then there's something kind of funky and then there's pizza and then there's sandwiches and then you go all pay like at the same time. And then, yeah. Um, Which is the worst because I always get 
way too much stuff because it's all there. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that looks great. That looks great. And then I get to the register and I'm like, I can't afford all this. <laughs> and so and then, yeah, you're right. Port Orleans does something very similar. And then Caribbean Beach is like the opposite now. Now you just go and you have all the menus in front of you and you just buy it at a register and then go sit down and they bring mm. it to Aww. you. Interesting. Yeah. It used to be different, though. But all of the deluxes are, are much more like this, where it's a, a much smaller kind of quick service setup, and there aren't as many options. There's not as much seating. And I don't love it. I, and I, I wonder why, actually, the kind of like grab and go or quick service options are much less at these deluxe resorts. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. That's weird. I, I would imagine there's still a demand for them. I don't think everyone who's staying at Polynesian is going to Ohana every day for breakfast, right? right. Like, I wonder, like, maybe maybe back in the day when they were building these things, was it like a, I don't want to call it like a, like a social hierarchy, but like if you went to a deluxe resort, you were, you know, spending the moolah, so maybe. they didn't expect you to really dine that much at one of the quick service restaurants yeah it might be looked more as like a fast food type situation i don't know Hmm. i mean that probably needs to be updated now because (laughs) it's a little different than it was back then yeah to your point like not everybody wants to go and have a full you know meal yeah yeah and i mean when it comes to the polynesian i'm sure it might have been bigger or there was more space but then they like cut it in half and put in trader sam's so I can't fault them too much for that. You're right, because the contemporary is very similar. Who knows? Maybe that is just how they like to do it. Like a two, there's like two, <laughs> like a little mini window, like two things, two spots where you can walk up, yes. order your food. Wait, does the Grand Floridian even have one? Because I don't think so. They do, but it's actually, it's <laughs> okay. like pretty, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty delicious, but it's like, ugh. we like don't like the Grand Floridian on this podcast. It's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, any one of us would jump at the chance to stay there for free. Yes, and I like right. enjoy spending right. time there. But like when the opportunity to critique it comes up, I jump on it. A hundred percent. Weird. It's like a weird thing I do. <laughs> Have either of you guys been to the Spirit of Aloha? No. I went twice, I think. Ooh. Um, and I. So here's my thing. I'm a little. I'm biased to. Uh, Hoop Do Review, which is basically the only other dinner show that they offer on property. Um, if you're compared, like two, like they have two dinner shows. One is the Spirit Aloha, and the other one's the Hoop Do Review, over at Fort Wilderness Campground. And for me, I, I just love the craziness of the Hoop Do Review. Um, Spirit of Aloha, like it's a it's a fun show. Um, you know, if you've never seen a, it's like a luau, right? Like that's yeah, the, like okay. a luau type environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of the um, the food okay. that they offered there. Um, but I'm trying to remember because it, it's been a while. It, and I'm trying to remember what food it was because it was – I feel like there was – I'm actually pulling up the menu right now to try and remember if it's the same or not. Is it the same as Hoop to Do where you get unlimited sangria? Just curious. I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. I wonder if they have, like, Pog Juice or, like, Pog Juice, like, mimosas or something. Pog pog Juice for those who don't know. Pog Juice is the best. It's like heaven. Pineapple, orange, and guava juice? Guava. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's served at 
most Disney breakfast locations these days, honestly. It used to be a little bit more, like, hard to find, but... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And in Animal Kingdom resorts, it's called Jungle Juice. They just call it something different, but something it's different. Pog Juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so it looks like on the menu now, which this sounds familiar, so it probably hasn't changed much, they have a, a pulled pork, Polynesian ribs, roasted mm. chicken, and mm. seasonal vegetables. That sounds and delicious. Everything on there sounds terrible except for pulled pork what? for me. Okay, okay, like, honest. That's honest. Because I don't like eating meat off of a bone. There it is. Yep, I Usually. forgot. I forgot that about you. The roasted chicken is a problem for me. The ribs, I don't mind, but they're just so messy, right? Yeah. So for me, the menu alone is like, ugh. Sure. Like, I don't want to deal with this. The show is okay. So I think for me, that's why... I prefer Hoopty Doo uh, because the menu is more of my style, and then the show is just uh, just a big old fun like hoedown. So like, so who do, who doesn't love that? And uh, yeah, and, and not that I um, I wouldn't go or I don't recommend going. I, those aren't the case. But I think when it comes to like a luau, I think you should go to a real one. And not that this isn't right. real. These are the the the. Uh, folks who are in it and put it on and direct the whole situation it is authentic and um, Disney does a pretty good job about doing that Um, but I think it's better money spent if you are interested in this um, seriously to maybe make it happen for yourself in another way and if it's impossible for you to get to Hawaii or um, an island in the Pacific that I understand that that could be um, prohibitive I understand I understand that um, but if you're going to, you know, this is important to you, maybe that would be a better way to do it. Because I, I think dinner there is like 80 bucks or something for adults. This is not a cheap night out. Throwing that out there, or maybe that's the reason I have not gone out of my way to go see it. But, you know, it's it's been around since very early on in the resort um, history. So there's reason it's still going. It's probably pretty good. Yeah. And I think, didn't it, I'm trying to remember... I feel like at one point it was open air, and then they enclosed it. Does that no, sound... No, there was a... Oh, wait. You mean, like, Spirit of Aloha? The Spirit yeah. of Aloha. Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like it used to be open, and they actually had problems because they would run into weather issues with the show. But I feel like it went down at some point when I was working there, and it was down for a while because they were enclosing it. I may be getting this confused with Festival of the Lion King, I, but... I, I mean... I recently walked by it. I recently walked by it, and I do think that they put like the tables under like an overhang, but the rest of it, it's still very much outdoors. But I think that there might be a hey, you don't have to get up and run if it starts pouring. Oh, right. interesting. Right. Yeah, they're able yeah. to like set yeah. the tables up. They don't have to like, yeah. Which is a very interesting choice, especially in that location because of the amount of thunderstorms that come through there. Sometimes, you know, afternoon to late to evening time. I want to go for all of the reasons that Ashby said that Hoopty Doo was his favorite or all of the reasons why Hoopty Doo is my least favorite. And I think <laughs> I would like the spirit of Aloha. <laughs> it is, you yeah. know, it's, it's a fun thing. I'm sure, you know, families will love it. Kids will have a great time. Usually a little bit more available than Hoopty Doo because mm-hmm. I think they have a little bit more seating. And I think there is a popularity contest between the two of those shows and i think hoopty doo does win probably it it's got more of a, a following i would think right 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 yeah hoopty doo is um it's known to be pretty like funny 
funnier, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, Spirit of Aloha is a little bit more, I don't want to call it serious. It's still like a fun night out, enjoyable, but it's not, there aren't like wisecracks, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. not that type of show. Up with your friends. You're not, it's a different type of entertainment. It's a different type of entertainment, for sure. Um, any other like dining establishments? we're missing here oh, oh uh, i guess a kind of a big one the um trader sam's, oh, trader sam's, trader sam's. Yeah. yeah so what is this magical bar we keep talking about <laughs> so trader sam's it was not is not a disney world original it's actually a transplant from a kind of iconic bar in inside of the disneyland hotel in disneyland out in california called trader sam's so this bar at the disneyland hotel is based off of trader sam who is an animatronic character in the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. yeah. He's the guy with the shrunken heads, right? Yeah, they're half off or whatever. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what the joke is, but it's something about that, and it's funny. Two heads for the price of one. Yes, it's two heads for the price of one. Funny, funny, funny. So it's just, uh, it's a tiki bar, which I think is like a increasingly popular, like trendy thing type of bar. I've been noticing that, actually. And it's... Um, What's what I think is fun about this bar is that the um, the menu is kind of wild. It has funny cocktails are kind of wild, and they fun it come in wild glasses. But the bar staff is like wildly entertaining at oh, Trader yeah. Sam's, which I think is what makes these bars so much fun. Actually, there's like different thing dances they do or like chants they mm-hmm. do depending on what drinks you order. There's different like physical effects that go on at the bar depending on what drinks they're making. Um, what else? Yeah, I was I was just gonna say about the the coolest thing is how the the, the whole bar just interacts with the, like the staff and the the patrons like everybody in there just becomes this like fun party especially when this you know certain drinks are ordered and everything just kind of goes nuts. For almost every single drink, there's like a different thing that happens. So like if you order the pearl, it pops up out of an oyster. If you order the Krakatoa, then like an entire volcano explodes and you have to deal with that aftermath and like <laughs> what you did to that poor Hawaiian community. <laughs> Isn't right, there like a right. bar stool at one of the like high top tables? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at one of the high top table that just like slowly throughout the night or throughout like an yeah. hour starts like going lower so then after a while you will think that you are insane <laughs> yeah i once met up with a group of friends and throughout the night like i started sinking and oh, by no. the time i realized it i just felt like an idiot you were just like wait <laughs> is my chair lower than everyone yeah i was like so funny am i drunk yes and then they yeah. were like no well you may have been but also your bar stool was going down right, right. also the chair was sabotaging me it's just a funny place um Though at least the one in I can't confirm the Disneyland one, um, but the Disney World one is like completely indoors, so there's like no windows or anything, so you're you're kind of transported into this location. It's pretty neat. But outside the fake window, you can see like the volcano erupting and stuff. Just kind of wild. Disneyland has an outside area, uh, which I was actually going to comment on because I couldn't remember if Florida had it or not. But it was it, it was a nice like relaxing area mm-hmm. versus the like madness of inside the bar. Yeah, you know. So there's the grotto inside, and then the tiki terrace, which is outside. Got it. Got yep. it, got it, got it, got it. Which has the same menu, um, and yeah, one hundred percent more relaxing. None of the like wild antics of inside. But... And your chairs don't move, y'all. You can that's sit right. And not feel crazy. <laughs> yeah, if your chair is moving on the terrace, like that's you. <laughs> that's not you are. Drunk. Yeah. Um, 
They're both really cool. Yeah, the Grotto doesn't open. Neither, I don't think either of them open till like the late afternoon. And the, even the last time I was there, it's still very popular. So if you want to get a spot, you mm-hmm. should, um, you know, line up maybe around four o'clock to get in within the first or couple even hours. Before, like you probably should get there like an hour to thirty minutes before. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. Uh, the, the there are a couple pool bars as well like most disney actually like all disney resorts um Mm -hmm. so you're never too far away from like a refreshment and i think they have like small snacks too nothing nothing wild Mm -hmm. but just so you can have a little a little treat you know while you're up at the pool spending the day at the pool and again if you're if you're at a deluxe resort spend some time at the pool like please they're all really cool well are they all really cool what is the Grand mm. Floridian? Grand Floridian. Yes, it has that whole play place for what uh, for what's her face. Well, I'm Alice not allowed in there, Cheryl. That's true, but <laughs> I think it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's got pretty great views. Well, it's pretty, and I'll say like the contemporary can be pretty too. But mm, Grand Floridian contemporary pools of the deluxe resorts, I'd say they're the weakest. Oh, agreed. Like Animal yeah. Kingdom Lodge, beautiful. Contemporary, I felt, because I stayed there one time, and we went to the pool, and I was like, this is it? Yeah. yeah. It was very uh, underwhelming. Like square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I have a couple fun facts about the resort, if we yeah. want to kind of jump there. Um, so, a funny thing about the first couple years of the hotel rooms themselves, as remember when we were talking about that, like, module construction um, being really efficient, they just like pop the rooms in and then attach all the wires and plumbing and hallways and stuff, and it worked out real super well. That did not work out super well, but it wasn't like it wasn't like the time saver they were thought it was going to be. So when it came time to decorate the rooms, they didn't have much time. So the first like three or four years that the hotel was around, the rooms themselves were just like white beds, white sheets white walls white curtains like they they didn't have any sort of anything near the tropical theming we have today and definitely not the tropical theming of the 1990 90s rose blanche living room um (laughs) (laughs) one of the wild things that i read about which i thought maybe could have been linked to this um this planned asian hotel that never came around was they brought a Chinese junk boat over from Hong Kong. And if you guys ever, do you guys know what like a junk boat is? It's kind of like a uh, weird name, but it is just a boat. Like it just, it looks like a boat. <laughs> I feel like I, I have an image in my head of what yeah. I think it is. Yeah, but they used to have, it was like a cocktail bar. It was a floating cocktail bar in the Seven Seas Lagoon. And it docked at the Polynesian Village and would pick guests up and take them on like nighttime cocktail cruises. And the the, the boat was called the Eastern Winds. And that That's sounds like, cool. like when I heard that fun fact, I was thinking to myself, like someone's grandparents right now is like, remember when we were on the junk boat cocktail cruise in front of Magic Kingdom? <laughs> and their great grandkids or whatever are like, That's not a thing. Like grandpa's no. losing it. Like that's, but it was a oh. thing. <laughs> they do remember. <laughs> it's just funny because that sounds like, like if someone, before looking this up, if someone was like, remember that cocktail cruise in front of Magic Kingdom? I would have been like, you're out of your mind. You're, that's not a yep. thing. <laughs> but it was. It was a thing for like a decade. Kind of wild. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And there was this urban Disney urban legend that um, they took the 
the eastern winds and then put it um that it's now the boat that's in front of the american adventure in epcot but that is not true oh oh interesting yeah cool so another fun fact is they used to have a wave machine out wow (laughs) yeah there's like there's a couple like little spotted islands out in the seven seas lagoon and there's one kind of right in front um i've heard this before of polynesian and there used to actually be a wave machine out there so that the experience on the beach was a little bit more authentic to what you might experience Hmm. in um on a night on a hawaiian island right but yeah and there's probably a tons of reasons why that no longer operates uh, but one probably big one that I read about was that it, it was eroding the beach at a rate that was just um, that they couldn't keep up with. And it like wasn't worth the effect. Plus, uh. they don't really like people to be swimming anymore on the beach. No, yeah. no, 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 thanks. no. So, but I thought that was kind of wild. And one of those, again, one of those Disney stories where it's like, they're like, we're going to create an ocean from a man-made lake. Like just kind of right. wild. Um, mentioned this earlier, but Grand Floridian was not a part of that original hotel loop around Mad- the Magic Kingdom Lagoon there. It was actually built in 1988. Wow, so much longer. But, like, at opening, it was poly contemporary? Yeah. And campgrounds? Am I right on that? Oh, I guess. It, that wasn't listed in what I, um, researched, but I guess probably because they didn't necessarily consider it like a resort hotel. Right, like it was a resort, like, right. It was the it was the campgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Let's see, another fun fact. So let's actually talk about the the um, the lobby, which is called the Great Ceremonial House at the Polynesian. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. when it used to have a giant like water feature when yeah. you walked in? Oh, yeah. 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 And it like smelled smell it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it smelled like a mix of you know, water, watery type water features have a certain smell. It's like a little moldy, a little yeah, chlorinated, right. um, and then just like the smell of moisture kind of in the air. It was yep. awesome. It was it was quite grand um, to see when the, when those like sliding doors opened and you could see the big water feature. When they did, I guess, a big refurbishment of the hotel and the grand grand ceremonial house in. 2014 2015 or so that was taken out um and do you guys know why exactly i mean i've heard some rumblings but do you know more um i know that for sure like big water structures and mechanics never last for very long (laughs) and the upkeep on them is just terrible like that's why um splash mountain has to go down for refurbishment i'm sure every single year because how do you have something with water operate like a heavy machinery, right? Right. Plus, right. I used to have a mini fountain in my room, and it broke all the time. So I know <laughs> that struggle. There was a lot of when they heard when people heard that they were taking out the big water feature. I think people were a little worried or upset that the the feel of the lobby was going to go away. Which okay, like it didn't happen. And when they refurbished the lobby, it actually I actually think it looks so much better, and it looks really pretty and. Um, there is just like a statue when you walk in and he's sitting on top of a much smaller <laughs> water feature. But it still kind of has the same like water wa- waterfall effect over rocks kind of thing. But there's like big, they look like big glass buoys up above you. They're like big chandeliers uh, with nets kind of around them. I think it's very elegant. And then the whole ceremonial house itself is just skylights. 
So it's all natural light, very bright and light. It's really cool. Um, But my fun fact is that did you know that throughout the 1980s, uh, they had live macaws that lived just in the lobby. What? Mm-hmm. That sounds, that feels right. It does, right? Like when I, when I read that too, yeah. I was like, that's awesome. And it's like very I 19, think I it's very that. Disney and it's very 1980s. Um, right. And they had yeah, names. Do you want to hear what their names were? Yes. Okay. So we had Paco. Of course. O'Hare. Quick draw oh. macaw, which is my favorite. Oh my god! <laughs> well, this might be my favorite. And Lady Chatfield. Oh, Lady Chatfield. I wonder what she was like. But it's just like it sounds like a nightmare, <laughs> but also incredible. <laughs> You're gonna get pooped on on the indoors. Yeah, but I guess they have like macaws that just like kind of live in Animal Kingdom too. Now that I think mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. So I guess they're just kind of like chill in that way. So in the 1990s, Disney were making a big push to create a more authentic cultural experience in a couple different places in their theme parks. One of them was the Polynesian Resort. And so they brought and hired in um, cultural ambassadors to make this less about like a hula party and more like, well, what are we talking about? (laughs) Like. What is the cultural significance of, of um, architecture and religion and nature and families and languages and food and everything? So they make it made a big push. And um, I think it made the resort even stronger. I mean, it's definitely one of the most, still most popular places. So one of the things that they did do on this cultural push was they planted a kukui tree with a time capsule underneath it. Hmm. And it's now grown very... Um, large and bright and wonderful it's in a prominent location and the kukui tree has a huge cultural significance um in polynesian culture it's it's one of those like when they chopped or when a kukui tree falls down or they chop down a tree they use like everything with the tree like it's like life-giving in every way they use Mm, the leaves mm -hmm. for preserving food they use the wood to create homes there's ointment that comes out of the roots that they use for medicine you know there was um it's like a culturally significant item um, in Polynesian culture, and they brought that into the resort and made it like a important, prominent place in the hotel, which I thought that was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And probably the most random fun fact about the Polynesian Resort is one you've probably heard already, um, that John Lennon actually signed, was the last person to sign and sign the final paperwork that officially broke up the Beatles at the Polynesian Resort. No, on you stop December it. 29th, 1974. That is true. What? That's no. crazy. Wait, had you guys never heard that before? No. Okay, I had heard that se- several people who like aren't Disney people had had been like, "Oh, you like Disney World? Did you hear John Lennon like broke up the Beatles at Disney World?" And I was like, "What?" Oh. <laughs> this is this is That's confirmed. That's so funny. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, I know you would never lie to me, but that didn't happen. This is the Mandela effect yet again. No. (laughs) This really happened. Ugh. I know. I can't. I know. I can't with these facts. It's, it's, I think it's one of the, it's the, it's the fun fact about the Polynesian that really takes you out of the Polynesian. Like, everything else is like, oh, cool, culturally significant trees, and like, oh, Hannah Dolwith, like, well, nah. And then this one is like, yeah, John Lennon broke up the Beatles. The Beatles, <laughs> right. It's so that funny. Is... 
That's such an interesting fact because I the one that I always like the, the the weird fact that I always remember from like a history perspective was the one about the contemporary. Do you guys know this one? No, no. With with Richard Nixon. No. no. So you guys his, are making these things up. Well, so Richard Nixon was at Disney when the whole Watergate thing was going nuts, and he did his no. "I'm not a crook" speech at. Uh, the convention center at the Contemporary. That's insane. No. Yeah, isn't that nuts? You guys are just Wikipediaing all over and just like inserting <laughs> where you feel like it. And there are no controls. Right. That's it's crazy. <laughs> wild. Okay, the monorail loop is nuts. <laughs> yeah, they got some crazy. I wonder what happened over at the Grand. There's got to be something. something oh, weird over there actually, right the now. the Declaration of the Independence was signed at the Grand Floridian. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Just saying. Um, another not fun fact, but like kind of quirky thing about. The Polynesian Resort is that their main gift shop is called the Boutique. Oh Ooh. no! Like boutique, and then it yeah is no. crossed oh, out yeah, and yeah, tiki yeah, is uh-huh. written. In. Get it? No. <laughs> do you, do you get it? <laughs> so anyway, right? You <laughs> I had the same reaction. I was kind of like originally. I was like, oh, cute, and then I was like, stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> I can't. Like they had to. I get that, but no. <laughs> But the did boutique. they like this is where when they were like, we're being so culturally forward and you're like, yay, Disney, that's so smart. And then they're like, boutique, get it? And then you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about like we're also talking about a time when they were thinking they were going to have a resort dedicated to all things Asia. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry to say boutique's not an original name. That was like 2003. Oh. Oh, no. But also very 2003, now that I yeah. say Yeah. Let's talk about some um, less exciting stuff, though. Polynesian Resort has two types of transportation available. They have bus service to Disney Springs, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, monorail service to Magic Kingdom, and Epcot via a transfer at the Ticket and Transportation Center. Uh, let's not forget the waterway. And they have... <laughs> watercraft transportation to magic kingdom which is that's pretty cool that's how i would like to arrive to magic kingdom every morning Mm -hmm. and you can also take a boat to like the other resorts as well you could yeah could you take a boat straight from epcot to say fort wilderness though or would you have to make a transfer somewhere from epcot from magic kingdom probably oh right i think so yeah there's a boat to fort wilderness from magic from magic kingdom yeah yes it does like a, it does a, I think there's like direct to the resorts. And then I think there's one that like does like a loop just yeah. for the resorts and Magic Kingdom, like so, something like that, I think. There's, I know that there's a boat that goes from Magic Kingdom to the Wilderness Lodge to the fort and back. That's right. Mm. Yeah. 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 You're probably to transfer. So, so, and then I think, I think there's one that does like the Grand Poly. Yeah. Yeah. The Contemporary is on the Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's on the back side of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. The monorail is cool, or I think it's cool, because you enter the monorail from the great ceremonial house on the second level, and in the past few years, they've started, you actually go through your theme park security before you get on the monorail. So if you are going Mm. on the monorail bar crawl, it's kind of a pain in the butt, but if you're going to Magic Kingdom, (laughs) it is very convenient, actually, because then you're just, you just walk up. 
touch your magic band. Like it's, um, I think it really speeds up the process that so you don't have to then dump into a security line once you get in front of the park. Right. So I think that's, that's awesome. great. And it's just helped. So then they move the security gates closer to like the, where the buses come in, right? So all the security gates have been pushed back. So that area in front of Magic Kingdom has been cleared out a lot more. And I think that looks a lot better without tons so of people. Yeah. Right. If you, for some reason, will have small children and a lot of money, like, what are you even waiting for? Go to the Polynesian. Because <laughs> they're going to need to take naps, and you can just, you can get back really quickly. Speaking of kids, I wanted to, so I, I think I mentioned I went, like, exploring one time at the Polynesian. I think it was some friends and I, and we were just kind of, like, wandering the paths. And I know this is probably not new to anybody, but we walked upon this, like, cool place called the neverland club it doesn't sound like somewhere you should be oh (laughs) yes but i had never heard of it and i was like and it was like a weird mystery so we went inside and we're like what is this place and then they were like oh it's a freaking child yes child care oh right right yeah yeah yes it that's that's actually really cool it's very disney cruise-esque actually it's yeah No. Oh, it is. It's it's not the Neverland Club anymore. Oh, no. I remember. Okay, so here's the other thing, because, you know, my parents, we didn't stay there, but they we they put us there one time in the Neverland Club as a kid, and then the, for the rest of the forever, our trips were like, okay, but we're also going there, right? And then they had to go find something to do with us. Oh, they didn't have to find something to do. They had well, plenty of places they could go. <laughs> but it was it wasn't for them. It, like we wanted to go in there, but oh. what was so cool about it is you enter through Peter or Wendy's window. Oh, that's yeah, so that's cool. right. That's, That's right. You so start neat. in the darling's house, and then you climb through the window, and then you go into the like play area, and that's Neverland. That's awesome. That's amazing. And it was just like a, it was essentially just like a, um, I don't want to call it daycare because it was like after hundred percent after hours. Right, know, right. But it was like it was <laughs> if you've ever been to an IKEA, it is the exact same thing. <laughs> it was meant, yeah, it was meant for like adults to be able to go to Pleasure Island, upcoming episode. Um, and or like a restaurant or i guess the parks but that wasn't really pushed and then drop your kids off and pay i guess per hour for your kids to be entertained and safe um at disney and this was the only kids club right on property is it still i think i think it i think like one that you like you could drop your kid off at right they were mess uh, experimenting with one at contemporary a few years ago but i don't know if that's still running actually and i know it uh at Dak Lodge, they had a kids activity center, but I don't think it was, I don't know if it was like one where you could actually like drop your kid off and like <laughs> peace out. Yeah. It was one that they were like, you can sit over here and we'll entertain your kids, but you better stay. Right. right. Yeah. So um, according to my notes here, it was Neverland Club forever. And then now it's called Lilo's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. So Lilo and Stitch, but I wonder if it's as heavily themed anymore. Well, I was I was actually looking it up because as soon as you said it's closed, I was like, oh, what they put there? So it's like now it's inspired by the little gold, the classic Disney Little Golden books with some of the stories like Pinocchio, Lady and the Tramp, and Alice in Wonderland. So you kind of have like a hodgepodge of that's different themes throughout the um, location. I wonder how much that costs. Yeah, I should Great ask. question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, actually, says you have to... yeah, ask your mom how much it costs back then, and then we'll find out how much it costs now. And feel good about that. Meanwhile, John Lennon is dissolving the Beatles 50 feet away. I can't believe right, that. Right, right. Well, believe it. 
I'm so upset that that's in history. I don't know why it makes me mad because I liked both. Th- well, not the Beatles dissolving, but the Beatles and the Polynesian. But the crossover. Well, are we in the Matrix? Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, we are. And second, it, it's not like it was just like they couldn't go on forever, Cheryl. I know, but in what world was the Polynesian the place where he felt like doing? No, that? he was on vacation and he got like sent the final paperwork. And they were like, yeah, he was like, whatever, I'll just do it now. A couple days after Christmas at Disney World. Right. What else are we missing? What have not, what we have we not covered here? I think sometimes they do luau's and like, um, if a kid wants to learn how to hula, there's a movie night in the courtyard. So usually every single night there's a different Disney movie. Um, Ooh, there's some, there's s'mores. A lot yeah, of the deluxe sounds, resorts do, yeah. yeah, movies and s'mores, which is really mm-hmm. fun, I think. And then uh, the the so I think most of the resorts on the water, you do have the ability to do rentals of some sort. Yeah. So like, I think you can rent the little. I don't. They're not called water mice anymore, are they? There's like oh, a different name. Oh, they might be. They're like little little teeny speedboats. They're though. the single, yeah, single yeah. or double passenger little boats that you could ride around. Yeah. And then I don't know if. I don't know if um, Polynesian does it, but I know over at Fort Wilderness you can rent the pontoon boat. Yeah, and it's, take it out. It's either Polynesian or Grand Floridian. I think the pontoon boats go out of. But yeah, you can go out on the lagoon. I was actually on a fireworks cruise um, on one of those oh, pontoon cool. boats once. It was really fun. Nice. Yeah, the Polynesian has like little two-person boats that you can take out, um, which is cool. Yeah. I yeah, that's the only one I've ever done. But again, if you're spending the money to stay on this lagoon, there's so much you can fill your days with that are not mm-hmm. the theme parks. It's so interesting. Um, that are all really cool. Apparently, for a long time, there was a putting green at Polynesian as well. But then they built oh. up something on top of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of off theme and weird. Although I don't know. I guess are there a lot of golf courses in Hawaii? I guess there are. Uh, I th- I would I th- I feel like like when I'm like oh yeah that makes sense because of that reason yeah. but but I mean off theme in the sense of where it's like kind of eye roll tourist Hawaii though right well right like you're not gonna go to another Polynesian island and see a golf course it's kind of like boutiquey to me it's like you're doing it but in the <laughs> wrong way <laughs> you know? well speaking of volcanoes though wait were we I think I just was thinking of a volcano uh, the pool okay. <laughs> the pool let's talk about the pool. At the Polynesian. It's a... Yes. So the pool is really cool. It's the... um, It's called the Lava Pool, but it's it looks like... It's supposed to look like a volcano. Has a pretty cool Mm -hmm. water slide, meaning that, like, it's kind of hidden. Like, when you're going down the slide, you don't exactly know where you are or where you're going to come out. That's, like, what makes a cool water slide, I think. It's, like, zero entry, right? So it kind of looks like it's a beach. Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat. I love that a lot of the... Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but I love that pools are kind of going that direction specifically because of, like, guests who go, like, who need some assistance getting into the water. Yeah, definitely. That makes it so much easier for them to get in versus needing to use the little crane Mm -hmm. thing to drop them in, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. No, I like it. And I, actually, what do you guys think about this? Again, most Disney pools, there's, like, a staff of recreational staff members who run, like, pool parties for kids at the pools oh yeah uh what are your thoughts on those i mean i'm okay with it as long as i'm not there 
like right now <laughs> like it's running right now and you're like it's fun because i can't hear it or see it <laughs> yeah sometimes that gets a little, that gets to be a little much i kind of hate it if you're like wanting to relax at the pool but relaxing in a disney pool is like a oxymoron like that yeah. <laughs> well there's usually a quieter one to go to that's true but well, well i will say this i and i think about this every time i'm sitting out by a disney pool and there's a like a dance party going on i'm thinking to myself we're at the pool Pools yeah. are fun and cool. Like, kids love swimming. We also don't need trivia for kids to be entertained at the pool. Like, we're at a pool. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not the rainy day lobby activity. I will say, I am an advocate for it. Okay. Because as annoying as it is, and sure, I think that kids could come up with something way worse on their own. At least this is organized. Like drowning they, each other? Like splashing <laughs> me or play, yeah. Okay. Like playing chicken fights and stuff. Like at least this way is like, oh, everyone kind of is, can tolerate it. Versus I like guess. running around and jumping all over everything. Like there are things that get me more worked up. But I, I think at every time I'm like, why are we providing entertainment at entertainment? It's funny, like, I'm, I think this is the, uh, I'm speaking on behalf of all the uh, senior citizens listening to our podcast. Oh, thank uh, you. Including us. um, That, like. It's too loud. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's funny, so, I know we haven't talked about them yet, but Disney Cruises are my favorite because they have that 18 plus dedicated pool area. Right, okay. And it is heaven it's so relaxing but it's funny because you'll take like you know 20 steps and go past this like magical wall that somehow blocks all the noise and then you're in like the chaos (laughs) of the family pool and i wish that all the disney resorts had that ability (laughs) yeah i mean i guess cheryl you're right though most i'm going through the deluxes in my head oh i guess a lot of them have a quiet pool and then like yeah then you get into the sprawly moderate hotels and they're almost all like thinking of caribbean beach specifically and the pirate rooms is like two miles away from the main like fort pool and it it is just is a quiet pool there's nothing to it but it's fun and kids like run around and jump and splash but like it doesn't bother i don't find that to be like totally distracting because they're just kids swimming yeah there's not like music blasting or um anything like that it's just like it's just a pool everyone's just at the pool you know so that's true yeah I guess when it when you start getting into the all stars, uh, oh, like the values, that's chaotic. just it's just loud. Even at the side pool, you know they, they have... play music under the water. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't escape it. Right. No. Good point. That is true. Like how you have different you have different views of your your pool experience. I myself like having a nice like uh, it's okay to have some music, but like maybe it's that nice you know low volume. Sure. Polynesian music in the background. That's ideal. Yeah. Not like DJ Mickey at the pool. Sure. <laughs> you're like, good lord, what's happening? Yeah. It's funny. I went to a, we, we went to a resort in Mexico last year, and it's like one of those all inclusives, and it has like Lava. fifty pools or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the pool that was right next to our room, we went, and it started off like, oh, we're just gonna lay here and read a book, and it's really nice, and they have little music playing in the background, and then all of a sudden. I don't know what happened, but there was a phone party going on. Oh, <laughs> it was my like, God. That escalated. Like, what? What? <laughs> so we're like, we're out of here. <laughs> All right. Anything we're missing about about the Polynesian? Some 
thing I really always liked about, well, I guess most deluxe resorts too, is that you have a balcony. Does Contemporary have a balcony? Yes, they do. I feel like some of them do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all of the rooms at Polynesian have a balcony. And that is um, just another wonderful thing about staying there is you could be comfortably in your room getting ready or winding down at the end of the day and still be able to enjoy like the tranquil uh, resort. And again, there's always like a nice little background music playing and just always really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It. I like it. You know what? I need to stay at a deluxe resort. I'm due. <laughs> the pirate room can do with do without me for a couple of nights. <laughs> and doesn't the Polynesian now have like they have a separate check-in place, right? Or am I making that up? For I don't know where would that be. See, I remember this was back when I was still there. They when they did the previews for the bungalows. There was like a separate building. Maybe it was just a separate building for the DVC rooms that they had built. Maybe. Like a showroom. There's a special concierge for DVC. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Well, one special thing that we didn't mention is that when you check in at the Polynesian, they give you a lay to wear. Oh, that's right. And sometimes when you go to dinner there, they do as well. Wow, what a wonderful Polynesian Hawaiian time we've had. Aloha. 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 Mahalo for listening. If you liked it, please rate, review, and subscribe or follow us on Instagram. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.